All right, back in Jeremiah chapter 20. Jeremiah chapter 20. A couple reminders. There is the sign-up sheet on the table for Thanksgiving, so you can look at that and see if there's something missing that you want that you want to sign up for. You can do that. Um, let's see here. And then Tuesday service on the 24th. Remember, not Wednesday the 25th. We're moving that forward to Tuesday the 24th on Wednesday night uh, there as well for our midweek service. Jeremiah chapter 20, I give the uh, teenagers points if they take sermon notes and show them to me in the next week. And uh, sometimes when we're in Jeremiah, they have problems with that because I don't give outlines, just kind of go through things. So uh, today we've got three points. So there you go, guys. See if you can figure them out. Uh, Jeremiah chapter 20, and uh, let's start reading in verse number 9. Then I said, I will not make mention of him, this is Jeremiah speaking, nor speak any more in his name. But his word was in mine heart as a burning fire shut up in my bones, and I was weary and forbearing, and I could not stay. For I heard the defaming of many, fear on every side. Report, say they, and we will report it. All my families watched for my halting, saying, Peradventure he will be enticed, and we shall prevail against him, and we shall take our revenge on him. But the Lord is with me as a mighty, terrible one. Therefore my persecutors shall stumble, and they shall not prevail. They shall be greatly ashamed, for they shall not prosper. Their everlasting confusion shall never be forgotten. But, O Lord of hosts, that triest the righteous, and seest the reins of the heart, let me see thy vengeance on them, for unto thee have I opened my cause. Sing unto the Lord, praise ye the Lord, for he hath delivered the soul of the poor from the hand of the evildoers. I'd like us to look at three things in these verses uh, this afternoon before we head home for the day. Lord, thank you for loving us. Thank you for caring for us. Thank you for your word and what we can learn from it. And God, I pray that as we look into Jeremiah chapter 20 this afternoon, God, that we would see um, what we can be, Lord, what we should be in our dependence on you. And Lord, help us to be encouraged by it, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're reading through Jeremiah chapter 20, uh, starting in the first verse, you're going to see Jeremiah is under some uh, stress, some pressure. In verse 1, it says that uh, Peshur or Pasher or uh, Peshur or however you want to say it, the son of Emer, maybe, I don't know, the priest, who was also chief governor in the house of the Lord, heard that Jeremiah prophesied these things. And in verse 2 it says, He smote Jeremiah the prophet and put him in stocks that were in the high gate of Benjamin, which was by the house of the Lord. So Jeremiah's predicament is this. Not only are they hateful and, and mad at him, now they've, they've locked him up. And uh, he's in a situation that's not good. Uh, he's, he's being physically uh, hurt. He's being emotionally um, abused, if you want to use that term. And uh, we see that there is a lot going on. He says there in the verses that we read, fear on every side. There is a lot happening for Jeremiah. Then verse 3 is taken out of the stocks uh, there as well. But it's obviously a situation that's not good for Jeremiah. And we're starting to see that point where Jeremiah is getting fed up with how he's being treated. And uh, we looked at it before, but he's saying, God, I'm not doing anything wrong. God, I'm speaking on your behalf. God, I'm doing what you want me to do. And everything that comes back on me is negative. 
And so he gets to the point where he's fed up and he's tired of it, and that's what brings us to verse number 9. And we can even look back. Let's look back starting in verse 7. O Lord, thou hast deceived me, and I was deceived. Thou art stronger than I and hast prevailed. I am in derision daily. Everyone mocketh me. For since I spake, I cried out, I cried violence and spoil, because the, the word of the Lord was made a reproach unto me and a derision daily. Then I said, I will not make mention of him, nor speak any more in his name. You see the frustration in Jeremiah's life? He said, I'm, I'm, being, I'm being hurt, I'm being uh, ridiculed, I'm being more than just ridiculed and mocked, he's, he's being attacked. And he gets to that point where he's, he's, in a sense, choosing himself over God. He's getting to that point where he's so frustrated, so hurt, so tired, so worn out. He's getting to that point where he says, you know what, I think I'm done with this. I know Christians that have said that. I know people who've said that and thankfully uh, uh, got over it uh, with God's help. Three things I want you to see today. Number one, know his word. Know his word. He says in verse number nine that he's not going to make mention of him or speak uh, uh, any more in his name. Then he says, but his word was in mine heart as a burning fire shut up in my bones. And I was weary with forbearing and I could not stay. God had a message he wanted Jeremiah to share with the people. And Jeremiah had been sharing that message. God had a purpose for Jeremiah in his life, and he had called Jeremiah to go out and speak, preach, proclaim, prophesy the name of the Lord. And Jeremiah was frustrated, and he was depressed, he was hurt, he was angry. He was ready to quit. But God's word was inside Jeremiah and it needed to come out. And Jeremiah here was, uh, was as depressed as he was, as hurt as he was, as angry as he was. He said, I could not stay. There's a conviction here. In this case, conviction beat temptation. And God worked in Jeremiah's heart, threw the inside of Jeremiah out, and as he was tempted to give up, God continued to work on his life. How is that going to happen if Jeremiah didn't know God's word? You see, today's time, God doesn't um, speak to us necessarily in the same way they did Jeremiah, although it's, there are similarities. We have the message that God has given us to give to the world. If we stop sharing the message, does it burn inside of us? Does it build up pressure and need to get out? Or do we just uh, give up and never think about it again? Jeremiah had a relationship with God. Not just God is my Father, not just God is my Savior, but he had a legit relationship with God where he was communicating with God. Now you could say, well, he was a prophet. That's different. It's, it's really not. We should have a relationship with God where we are speaking with God on a daily basis, where we're listening to God on a daily basis. And if we're following what God tells us, there should be a, a bubbling up inside of us that needs to come out. But it won't happen if you don't know God's Word. 
God's word won't, won't be burning inside of you like a fire if you don't know God's word. God's calling to you won't be, uh, have that urgency to get out. You won't have that urgency to go do what God's called you to do if you're not listening to what God is telling you. It starts with knowing God's word. Then, after we know God's word, we need to feel God's presence. Feel God's presence. Uh, he says there in verses 10 and 11, uh, going through all the uh, things that he hears and the, the things going on there. Um, verse 11, but the Lord is with me as a mighty, terrible one. Therefore, my persecutors shall stumble and they shall not prevail and they uh, shall be greatly ashamed for they shall not prosper. Their everlasting confusion shall never be forgotten. Jeremiah, in verses uh, 7 and 8 and probably verses 1 through 6, Jeremiah felt alone. He says, God, I'm going through all this stuff and, and you don't seem to be helping me. That's why he gets to the point of wanting to quit. That's why he gets to the point of frustration and anger and all these other things because he's, he feels like he's doing it alone. But when we feel or when we know God's presence, things can change for us. And in verse 11, that's exactly what happened. But the Lord is with me. I'm not alone. This world is against you if you're doing things godly. And the Bible teaches us that the things of the world are at enmity with the things of God. And, and uh, it's something I've been praying on, thinking on for a while now, the fact of how much of our, have the, our, should the world love our church because the things of the world are at enmity with God. Most of the world is not going to like what we're doing here. And so in thinking on that end of things, and where the Bible tells us that we're going to go through trials and tribulations, that we're going to go through hardships, that we're going to go through things, how are we going to be able to cope with those things? You remember John, is it 1633? Um, in the world you, you shall have tribulations, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. You see, <laughs> when we're thinking about it just on my own strength and my own wisdom and my own power, yeah, I'm alone. I'm going to be overcome. I'm going to be overtaken. I'm not going to be able to do it. But I can be of good cheer because God has overcome the world and God is with me and if I know God's presence, I won't fall into that same uh, uh, alone feeling where it's all just about me and it's all on me. We have to know God's word. We need to feel his presence or maybe better than feel his presence. We need to know his presence. Might be a better word to use. And then lastly, uh, we need to depend on his care. Depend on his care. Uh, verse 12, But, O Lord of hosts, that triest the righteous, and seest the reins of the heart, let me see thy vengeance on them, for unto thee have I opened my cause. Jeremiah says what he has, has before, and he will need to do it again. But very simply, God, you take it. The Bible says that we can cast all our cares upon him because he cares for us, right? Is the Bible true? Yes. Is the Bible truth? Yes. Okay, so God says, take all your care, throw it onto me. Um, we don't use work mules anymore, but if you did, uh, you would take things that you would, don't want to carry yourself and you throw it on a mule or you put it on a wagon and let something else pull it for you or whatever it may be. Uh, a way to take the load off of yourself and put it on to something or someone else. 
God says, I want you to take the, the weight, the burden, the hardship, the care, the concern, the worry. I want you to take it all off of yourself and just give it to me, and I'll take care of it. And you see here, Jeremiah did that. He was dependent on God's care for him. And he says, God, the one who tries the righteous and sees the, the reins in the heart, what, what leads and directs me, he says, let me see thy, thy vengeance on them, those that are against me, for unto thee I have opened my cause. I have shared with you, God, my concern, the things that I'm dealing with. And God, I'm giving it to you for you to handle. Verse 13, sing unto the Lord, uh, uh, praise the Lord, praise ye the Lord, for he hath delivered the soul of the poor from the hand of the evildoers. You see, understand the language here. Jeremiah is the poor. And uh, he says, you deliver the soul of the poor. Now, what I see in that, because depression, because um, emotional hurt oftentimes goes unseen. When he's talking about the soul of the poor, it's not just the, the circumstances, but it's the emotions, that, I don't know if that's the right word, but the emotions, the inner feelings, the heart, now is at peace as well. It's not just an outward, now I don't have this attack against me, it's an inward, now I finally have relief. And you see, so many times we, we can put on the facade on the outside, but on the inside we're still as scared or as angry or as alone as we were before, which on the outside we're showing something different. And Jeremiah says you deliver the soul of the poor. It's an, it's an inner peace. And now it's not just the, the, um, the outward attacks. It's Jeremiah, again, on the inside, knowing, resting in God and his care. And we spend too much time in our life trying to hide and mask things from other people, we end up trying to hide and mask it from God as well. And God says, I want to give you peace. I'm the shepherd that can lead you by the still waters. Yet we don't depend on God's care enough for us. Do you know that God cares about you? God cares about what you're feeling. There will be people, and I've been guilty of this, that you'll say, I'm feeling this way, and those people will say, that doesn't make any sense. Well, that's stupid. Why would you do that? You shouldn't feel that way. Without ever helping you. <laughs> Without ever giving you an understanding of how you don't, you don't have to feel that way. God is not that way. God is not the person that goes, you're not supposed to feel that way. God says, here's how you can feel this way. Place your dependence on me, and I will take care of it. And Jeremiah here is in a, in a very um, hard time in his life, going through, I believe, being beaten, as it says in verse 2, smote. I believe uh, being shackled, as that's exactly what it says. He was in stocks. Um, he's released from the stocks, but he still had people that were against him, that were after him, that were... Uh, look in verse... Um, uh, I can't find it right now. Uh, but... Anyways, uh, he, was, he was under attack. So what did he do? Number one, because he knew God's word, he was able to be convicted. 
which overcame the temptation. It's an important place to be if you think about sin. Uh, we're constantly under temptation, but if, if I know God's word and God is convicting me, then that it's stronger than the temptation. God's saying, you know you're not supposed to do that. How are we going to hear that still small voice from God or that powerful voice from God if we're not spending any time with God? So we need to know God's word. Number two, we need to know God's presence. I changed my outline mid-sermon. We need to know God's presence. God is with me. I'm not alone. I'm not in this alone. God is with me. He has not abandoned me. He said, I will not leave you nor forsake you, and he won't. Then number three, we need to depend on his care. God, I can't carry this weight. Take it off. Give it to him. Because he can. He's almighty. Nothing can weigh God down. I remember um, in my least humble moment in life, probably. Well, no, I had a lot of unhumble moments in life. But in one of my uh, unhumble moments in life, I became pastor. I was 26 years old. Uh, it was my first Sunday as a pastor, and I think I've probably told this before, but um, I walked in on Sunday morning. It was about an hour, hour and a half before service, and I walked in. We had just pulled in, I guess, on Saturday the night before, um, and uh, walked in, got in my office, and, and just standing in the office, I had a physical weight. Um, can't, I, I don't know how to explain it other than that. It was heavy on my shoulders, and and I just remember thinking, because walking into the building that morning, I've got it all under control. And I just remember for the first time feeling the weight of what was ahead of me. And I just said, God, I can't do this. Now, it took still a few months for me to be truly humbled <laughs> in other ways as well, but I just remember realizing at that moment, this is, this is not easy. As a matter of fact, this is hard. And you know what God did is he took the weight. Does that mean that there's never any other weight put on my shoulder? No, but, but I can remember clearly feeling lighter after that prayer. I don't know what's weighing you down today. I don't know that it's as deep as depression. Maybe it is. Whatever's weighing you down today, number one, know God's word. If you don't know God's word, that means you're going to read it. If you don't know God's word, it's going to be a lot harder on you. Know God's presence. Know that he's with you. Believe it. We talked about faith this morning in teen Sunday school and what it was and different verses around it, but believe, have that faith that God is truly with you because he is. I promise he is. And then depend on his care. Cast all your care upon him. Why? Because he cares for you. I don't have to be wandering around um, angry or depressed or lonely. God is there to help us out. Lord, help us. We can't do it without you. And God, we're, we're, we have faced and we will face hardships if we are faithful as Christians. The world is against us. And Satan is against the most faithful. God, I pray that you would help us to stand strong, to stand firm. God, help us not to waver. Lord, help us to be faithful in knowing your word. Help us to be faithful in knowing your presence. And God, please help us to understand we can cast our cares upon you, Lord, that we can truly depend on the care you have for us. 
And Lord, we are going to rejoice in how you take care of us. Lord, we thank you for the opportunities you give us. We look forward to the opportunities ahead. Lord, thank you for the good day that we've had in, in your church. And God, I pray that um, you'd bless us, provide for us, care for us. Lord, we'll give you all the honor, the praise, and the glory. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. We'll be back Wednesday night, 7 o'clock. If you come back, we'd sure love to have you. And if you need anything, please let us know. Lord bless you. Let's go ahead and be dismissed.